Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Hello, welcome to episode 15. Today's focus, Marriage Struggles, the ultimate one-lesson guide. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, a Catholic relationship podcast giving you Winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. This is episode 15. Bam! So, let's do this. The quote of the day, quote, The human spirit has a thirst for the infinite, which the quadruped has not. This infinite is really God, but man can pervert that thirst, which the animal cannot because it has no concept of the infinite. Infidelity in married life is basically the substitution for an infinite of a succession of infinite carnal experiences. The false infinity of succession takes the place of the infinity of destiny which is God. The beast is promiscuous for an entirely different reason than man. The false pleasure given by new conquests in the realm of sex is the ersatz for the conquest of the spirit in the sacrament. The sense of emptiness, melancholy, and frustration is a consequence of the failure to find infinite satisfaction in what is carnal and limited. Despair is disappointed hedonism. The most depressed spirits are those who seek God in a false God. End quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, three to get married. Please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast is listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today.
Now, our next segment is the Catholic Alphas Rant of the Day. And entitled The Cowardice of Men, the Top 21 Reasons Men Have Caused the 2018 Scandal in the Catholic Church and Why We're Not Going to Take It Anymore. So before I start, this will be a 21 episode series and we are now up to 15. Also understand that the infiltration by the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism, plus the watering down of the faith and the stripping away of the Latin mass was planned in order to destroy the morality of those within the church, priests and laity and is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. Why was this done? One, to destroy the American family. And they have done a good job of that right now, huh? To destroy our morality. Look at the morality in the country. And to destroy our patriotism. In order that we become susceptible to communism and its ideas. If you want more on this, please refer back to episode number two, where I go way more into depth of <clears throat> these three concepts and actually what's going on. Also, this is one thing that I really hate is that today we have no loyalty. People are always trying to leave the Catholic Church or leave Christ when the little smallest thing goes wrong. No one wants to sit and fight. They think, well, they did this and they did that. So I'm leaving or I'm going to another parish or whatever, or another church. The deal is these are all tests, tests of your obedience, tests of your loyalty and tests of your love for God. And what is love? Love for God is true obedience. Are you going to do what he says? Do I agree with abortion or don't I? Do I agree with contraception or don't I? Do I agree with um, getting married, uh, uh, getting a divorce, and then getting remarried? Um, do I agree with uh, homosexuality and the, the evils of, of what it causes? I mean, either I agree with that or I don't agree with that. And what we have to do is that's obedience of God. And that's not hate or anything. It's just the truth. I mean, these things have caused... A lot of um, upheaval in the society and together, you know, like abortion, you know, millions of babies have been killed. OK, but did nobody leave the church over that? You know, when um, when uh, people are taking contraception, they're not allowing God to decide how many babies they have. That is that's complete diabolical when. We stop souls. Basically, we kill souls before they get a chance to come into implanted into the human body or whatever. Or we kill them after they have been conceived. I mean, these are diabolical. But see, we what happened is we've been we've been um, we've been conditioned to accept these things. But then when it comes to something like homosexuality, oh, well, we that's that's bigoted. You know, um, we can't we can't say that. But that's not true. The plight of the homosexual is not the same as the plight of the of the black man or the Mexican or the Asian in this country. OK, it's not even close. And to compare something, I can't change the color of my skin. I'm a black man, so I can't change the color of my skin. 
But what have we done? We have been conditioned to think that someone who's homosexual, they can't choose to be um, they can't choose to be heterosexual for a night or a week or a day or a year. Huh? Bisexuality. Does that make sense? See, it's all a bit kind. It's all a bit kind. And so the reason I'm saying this is because we have to stay in the church and fight the ch- within the church. Leaving God and being disobedient is not the way. That just leaves that just leaves the church and our souls and our homes and our environments susceptible to Satan. And that is the really big, big thing is that we have abandoned Christ and chosen Satan. None of us want to admit it, but we have. It's the truth. You know, when you see, you know, you see people, you know, there's a homeless man on the street and he has a mental illness. But what do we do? We got the man on the street. He's on the street. You know, they, they close down all the mental institutions. You can't make somebody go to a mental institution anymore when clearly, when clearly they are mentally ill. So what do you do? You change the parameters of what mental illness is. See, and if this is all called manipulation, manipulation of our morality, manipulation of um, of what we believe in, um, of what of our or for, of our formation in God. See how it all works. If we just as men, if we just open our eyes a little bit and and, and get out of the sports bars and stop only considering ourselves and really care about the human person. We will understand and you will see what's going on. Okay. So my thing is you can't be a Judas. And that's what Judas did. What did he do? He left Christ when things got tough because he's scared. He let fear dominate him. He didn't have any courage. He wasn't a real man. And that's what our problem is today. Many men, not just in, not just in Indianapolis or Indiana or, or, or Chicago or LA or Montana or Oregon or Utah. You know, it's all over this country. It's really sickening. The status of men is completely sickening. We whine about everything. We bitch about everything. It's everybody else's fault, but we don't stand up and fight for nothing that means anything. But I tell you what, dog got the Dallas Cowboys in front of a Cowboy fan. He'll shoot you. Dog got a Chicago Bear fan. Talk bad about the uh the uh what is it the greatest defense uh the eighty oh man oh I, oh anyway the greatest Bears defense you know the Chicago Bears that won the championship talk bad about them see what happened to you you know talk bad about the New York Yankees or something see we'll we, you know we will you know we will fight we fight for stuff and get upset about stuff that have no consequence on the bearing of society okay. And that is what is sickening and, and very disturbing about men today, because we, we, we just basically we it's a pressure. It's tough being a man. It's pressure. So what do you do when you're under a lot of pressure and stress? You try to get away from it. That's being a coward. Now, I'm not saying you can't get away for a little bit to recover. But when your whole when our whole life as men is to get away from pressure, not deal with our responsibilities, you know, not stand up for Christ and the morality for our children and for our family and for our country, man, we got a serious problem. So anyway, you can't leave Christ. 
You can't because that's the only way through this. Again, don't leave the church. You got to fight Christ. You got to fight Satan within the church because Satan ain't going nowhere if you don't stand fight. So let's get started with the top with the number 15 with number 15 of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church. But first, let's review the first 14. Number one was refusal to accept our role as men. Number two was that we're responsible for this current scandal is we allowed the men in the Catholic Church, popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, deacons to water down, dilute the teaching of the Catholic faith, which is God's word. Number three, we the men, we didn't fight for Christ during Vatican II. Number four, an unwillingness to sacrifice for Christ. Number five, we have nothing that we are willing to die for. Number six, we have begun raising soft and selfish boys, a.k.a. wusses. Number seven, we don't understand our true mission and purpose as men. Number eight, we didn't crush feminism. Number nine, we didn't crush the Protestant revolt. Number 10, we didn't crush contraception, a.k.a. birth control. Number 11, we didn't crush abortion. Number 12, we didn't crush so-called same-sex marriage. Number 13, we didn't crush no-fault divorce. And number 14, we didn't crush ecumenism. So before each number, I will read a quote directly from the document containing Archbishop Carlo Mario Vigano's testimony. Why? So that you can understand the gravity of this situation and how it's is is has how evil has infiltrated the church and how we as men have sat by and done nothing. And my point to this is if you sit by and do nothing, you are contributing to it. Okay. Now look, you can't go up to the Vatican and knock on the door and say, Hey, Pope Francis, get out of here. <laughs> No, you can't do that. But what you can do is what you can influence your environment, your family, your marriage, your wife, your children, your friends, the boys at the sports bar, um, the boys on the fishing boat, uh, your and your work environment, you know, your church. You know, you can you can influence all these areas by what? By understanding what's going on, by knowing the truth of what's going on instead of what? Having our head in the sand. I'll also place a link to the full document in the show notes. So let's get on with quote number 15. Archbishop Vigano's um, testimony um, referring to the scandal in the Catholic Church and his testimony against Cardinal McCarrick. Quote, I began the conversation asking the Pope what he intended to say to me with the words he had addressed to me when I greeted him the previous day. And the Pope, in a very different, friendly, almost affectionate tone, said to me, Yes, the bishops in the, in the United States must not be ideologized. They must not be right-wing like the Archbishop of Philadelphia. 
The Pope did not give me the name of the archbishop. They must be shepherds and they must not be left wing. And he added, raising both arms. And when I say left wing, I mean homosexual. Of course, the logic of the correlation between being left wing and being homosexual escaped me, but I added nothing else. Immediately after the Pope asked me in a deceitful way, what is Cardinal McCarrick like? I answered him with complete frankness. And if you want, with great naivete, Holy Father, I do. I don't know if you know Cardinal McCarrick, but if you ask the congregation for bishops, there is a dossier this thick about him. He corrupted generations of seminarians and priests and Pope Benedict ordered him to withdraw to a life of prayer and penance. The Pope did not make the slightest comment about those very grave words of mine and did not show any expression of surprise on his face as if he had already known the matter for some time and he immediately changed the subject. But then what was the Pope's purpose in asking me that question? What is Cardinal McCarrick like? He clearly wanted to find out if I was an ally of Cardinal McCarrick or not. End quote. Now, I'm not going to say much about that because I'm just going to be honest. People start getting all, you know, they start getting all, you know, Freddy cat and start acting all weird and stuff when you start uh, bringing up the truth about about the Pope and stuff. Um, but the deal is this. If Vigano was saying is so untrue and not true, why does he have so much detail? I mean, let's just be real about this. I mean, why is there so much detail? You know, and it's not, you know, Pope Francis. I mean, he's talking about a man, Cardinal McCarrick, that has ruined the lives of men who have come to sacrifice their lives for God. And what do most of them do? I mean, I know uh, I could tell you a story about, um, you know, a lady whose brother went to the seminary and he was raped. He was there. I don't know how exactly how long he was there, but he was raped. And the man wasn't homosexual. And what does he do? He comes out. He, he leaves the seminary. And then he thinks he's a homosexual now because he was raped. And this is what I'm saying, man. We we have to stop this evil because. It's not fair. It's like raping a woman. Except it's worse than raping a woman because the nature, the true nature of a man is is completely contrary to to this act. And when you rape a man like that, it, you have you've you've taken his manhood away. You've taken his you have affected his soul for the rest of his life. Now, maybe if he's a kid or something, you know, because kids are very resilient, you know. You know, they, you know, in, in earlier, uh, you know, they've, uh, you know, uh, abused kids and boys at 9, 10, 11 years old. Sometimes boys and kids are resilient. You know, if you abuse a little girl and or rape her or you, you know, you, you know, beat her or something. Kids are resilient. 
you know, a lot of times they'll they'll get over that. I mean, but a lot of times they don't. But the older a person is, the more they're formed, the more that when someone violates them, the harder it is for them to get over it. You know, especially if they don't have God or they or no one is teaching them how to deal with this through God, through through the spiritual life, through the supernatural life, because this natural world cannot deal with rape. It really can't. You, you need supernatural help. You need grace. And today we have all these people that first thing they want to do is turn to a man, to a psychiatrist, somebody that his life is all crapped out, you know, but he's trying to, you know, advise someone about their demise. You know, and I'm not don't get me wrong. I know talking helps, but talking only helps for a little while. Anybody that has been to a psychiatrist or a counselor will tell you. Yeah, it feels good to sit there for an hour and talk about your problems and, you know, get it off your chest and stuff. But as soon as you leave and go to sleep, wake up the next day, it's back. Or a week from now or a month from now. You know, you need the help of the supernatural. Okay? Now, that's all I'm going to say on that. I just, I just wish that the men in the church would stand up and begin opening our eyes and see what's really going on and that evil is not going to go away. Evil only stops when men stop it. And as long as we sit back and we don't say anything, we are contributing to this. As long as we go stick our head in the sand and not say anything, we are contributing to this. Look, we, we have to, this is why it's so embarrassing. You know, the, the, the attorney general in Philadelphia, the attorney generals have to come in and police God. Do you know how embarrassing that is as, as, a, as a Christian? You know, we are the, the Catholic. The, God is the is the is above the state. But when but when we don't do our job, we don't police the men in the faith, then what happens? The secular world that gives them their thing. They got to come in and 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 clean house and do the job of what the leaders of the Catholic Church should be doing. Now, the man, the arch, I don't know if um, the eternal generals that are pressing charges against the church. I don't know if these men are Catholic or if they're Protestants or what. But you know what? They have courage. They have courage to fight evil. And I don't care right now. I'm to the point with I don't care who fights it, but somebody has to do it. And it has to be men. Okay, because only men can stop this because we are the ones that have allowed it. We have allowed it. You know why? Because we are the ones responsible, not women. Men are responsible. Why? Because God left us responsible for the earth. And when we do not take care of it, when we allow these things to go on, we are not doing our duties as men. Moving on.
So realize these top 21 readings are in no certain order as they all feed up on one another. So what is the number 15 reason reason men have caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church? Drum roll. Men have stopped praying. Wow. You never thought that one was going to come up, did you? But it's probably the number one reason. It's probably the top, top reason why we are responsible. See, there was a story. Um, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen told a story in his book, um, Life is Worth Living. It's a great book. It's a great spiritual reading. Everybody should read it. Um, but he told a story about a priest that was under him, that was in his diocese that came to him and said, you know, Archbishop, I think I want to get out of the priesthood. And so uh, Archbishop looked at him and said, oh, you do? He said, yeah, and of course, you know how men do. We give all these excuses and we don't want to do something. He gave him all these excuses, probably gave him 40 or 50 excuses why he want, you know, why it wasn't right or why he didn't want to do it anymore. So the Archbishop looked at him and said, my son, when did you stop praying? When did you stop praying? And the man said, the priest said, oh, about a year ago. See, as Archbishop Fulton James, she knew, knew, she knew, I know. When you don't pray, you leave your soul your mind, your heart, and your body open to the diabolical. That's what happens. And we completely these days underestimate the power of prayer. And I know that's a cliche. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Blah, 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 blah. Believe me, man, I've heard it my whole life. When I was a when I was a heathen, when I was didn't believe in, you know, in the church or nothing. I wasn't Catholic or nothing. I've heard it. I've heard it all. But I'm gonna tell you what. There's been some miracles in my life and not just my life, but all the time. I see like my Catholic friends, you know, a thing about it is when we don't pray, like I said, you open up your home, your marriage, your wife, your children. Um, When you don't pray, you have a girlfriend relationship. You open up all of that to evil. See, we think evil is a serial killer. We think evil is uh, if somebody murders somebody or if somebody rapes somebody or if somebody abuses a child. Yeah, that's evil. But you know what's, what, what? What else is evil? Evil is also not praying. Evil is also not um, not being you know, like stealing something that's evil. You know, it's the small things that lead to the big evils. Okay. And so think about anybody. Let's think about anybody that, you know, that has done something really bad. I mean, it could be anything. They stole something. They, they, they murdered somebody. They, they robbed a liquor store, robbed a bank or whatever, or they, you know, they did an abort. They could. They they did an abortion. They 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 killed a baby through abortion. Let's just think about this for a second. Did that person just wake up today and say, "I'm gonna go kill somebody"? No. 
Did somebody did somebody did a, did a woman just wake up today and go, I'm gonna go kill my baby? Or did a boyfriend wake up and just say, you know, I'm gonna go tell my girlfriend that she needs to kill our baby? Did that just happen? No, 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 my friend. That didn't just happen. It's the little evils. It's the little evils, you know, denying God, not listening to the Holy Spirit when it taps you on the shoulder and says, come to me. Or when you're you do that first evil wrong, like, you know, your mother tells you to clean your room and you don't you ignore. Or, you know, you're in school and you're supposed to be in class. And what do you do? You go mess around, you skip class and go hang out in the restroom or smoke a joint or something. You know, you know, you hit your sister for no reason at all, just to be mean. You know, all these things, these small evils always lead to gigantic evils. And when a man doesn't pray for his family, he opens up his home to all kind of supernatural things that he can't see. And he doesn't know what's going on. Until he looks up and goes, oh, my God, my wife's leaving. Oh, my child's died. Oh, I'm bankrupt. Oh, they just came and repossessed my car. You know, um, all these things that, you know, happen. You know, my son doesn't love me anymore. My children hate me. You know, we, you know, my girlfriend, she walked away. My girlfriend hates me. She cussed me out. She has, she has nothing nothing else to do with me. You know, all these things happen in our life because of the small evils that, 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 that start and then they fester. And we as men don't do anything about it. And that is called a lack of prayer. We don't depend on Christ. So exactly what is prayer? The Catholic Church says it's a lifting of the heart and mind to God. Okay. You lift your heart and mind to God to ask him to bless your family, to bless your relationship, to to guide you. Because God knows the deal. But if you don't rely on him, what will happen is people think all the bad stuff that happens in their life, they think it's bad luck. It's not bad luck. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing in your life happens by chance. That when you think that, that's just the devil's way of saying of manipulating you. And look, man, the devil is, you know, um, that senator that that, you know, that uh, that voted for abortion. You know, the devil is. The, that that man, uh, Ronald Reagan, that evil, that evil gun when he was governor, he voted for no fault divorce. See, these things cause ripples in time that we can't fix on our own. So when something evil happens in your family, your family's been infiltrated. All this you have chaos. All these bad things are going on. A person dies. You know, all these things happen for a reason, man. It's not luck. And we, to some a certain degree, when we when we call on the Holy Spirit to help and guide us and we pray and we and we show something, you know, we show honor to something bigger than ourselves, then God has that's when God's mercy comes to us and helps us. 
But we're going to do our own thing when we don't care what happens. We're going to keep fighting and do how we want to do. Then you're fighting an uphill battle. Okay, so one of the benefits of prayer, first of all, prayer is reciprocated by God with graces. You know, that's another thing that we underestimate. We don't even understand what grace is. Grace is what's mercy is the mercy of God. See, like I want to think, okay, like in my family, right? Before I really came to, to the to the Catholic Church, I mean, like the first eight years when me and my wife were married, we didn't, you know, we didn't do anything in the church. She went, she went to church every now and then. But see, my wife was a devout Catholic. She worked for the church and stuff. But when my knucklehead comes along, because I'm the leader, she did what I did. I didn't want to go to church on Sunday, so she hung out with me. You know, we think we don't have any power, but the power our family go when our when we go as a man, our family goes. And so my wife, we didn't do anything, you know, but when I started craving the knowledge of God and of the Catholic Church, what started happening to me is I started getting all these graces and the chaos in my family just kind of disappeared. It wasn't overnight. It was a gradual thing. But see, when you are in sin, right? Sin, we have a saying, sin makes you stupid. Concupiscence, you are ordered toward, we're ordered towards sin. It's called concupiscence because we, we are broken. We are broken people. And so what happens is when we start sinning, what happens is that sin compounds. When you do one bad thing, what happens is then you think it's okay to do another, then another. And you look at yourself and go, why did I do that? You did that because you are a broken human person and you thought that you knew what was best. So in my life, when when God, when I started relying on God, all this peace came up on my family and I don't and I didn't even realize it after at first. So I started thinking, man, what happened to all this chaos that was in my life? And so the atheists will say, oh man, you just that's just a crutch. That's what you use. No, man, it's not a crutch, dude. It's called it's called the wisdom. It's called wisdom. It's called God has given me wisdom that you don't have. See, the difference between me and you, Mr. Atheist, is I see where you are, but you can't see where I am. You know why? Because I was where you are. And people try to act like they're everything's hunky-dory and they're happy. Their life is just so great. But the, you know what the problem is? You have to go to sleep. You have to lay down at night. And when you lay down at night, what come? The demons come. And all these things plague you. And you don't know how to handle it. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I, grace is what helps you get through the, 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 the chaos in your life. Um, the problem, when I grew up, I had no idea what grace meant and why it's necessary. And I, I just kind of talked about that. The problem is the faith really wasn't passed down to me, so I always shunned it like everyone else did. It also made me very uncomfortable when people started talking about Christ and God and such. I know 
I now know what the reason for that uncomfortableness was. I, I would like anytime, like when I was in the Air Force, right? My hat, every base I went to I always had friends. They would say, Jerry, come on, go to church with me. It wasn't a lot of them, but there was always one dude that every Sunday he was going to church. Um, and so he would, add, they would eventually, inevitably, because we're friends, they would ask me to go and I'd get all uncomfortable. I start shying away. You know what that is? That's the rejection of the Holy Spirit. That's me. And that's me fighting my inner soul. That was me and my inner soul fighting that battle with God, with the Holy Spirit and with Satan. You know, Christ and Satan fighting over me. And what did I do for 40 something years? Man, I rejected it and my life was hell. But see, like I just said, you don't even realize that your life is hell. You really don't. You think, oh, I'm out here. You know, it's a drudge, but I get up every day and I handle my business. Yeah, man, but eventually that business ends. Eventually you, you get to 80, 90, 100 years old. It's time life is about over. Then what? Are you going to be able to get up and handle your business then? No. You know why? Because you're going to either be in hell, purgatory, or heaven. And your suffering now determines that. Either you're going to suffer now or you're going to suffer later. Okay? Prayer, prayer. Now, I'm not saying that prayer is going to, is going to, you're never going to have any problems. See, that that's that's the that's fool's goal too. You never, I'm not saying you're never going to have any problems, but what I am saying is this life is a test, gentlemen. It's a test. So God, whenever there's, whenever there's, um, whenever there's trials in your life, whenever something bad happens as a result of most of the time, what you do as a person, that is God t- giving that trial to your soul because you need it in order to journey towards holiness in order to show you, Hey, I guess I can't do it on my own. The problem is most people, for them to listen to the Holy Spirit, they have to be so low, so far under the ground. They got to be they got to be six feet, 25 feet so low underground before they go. Oh, I guess I should listen to God now. But see. God doesn't force you. So what he tries to do is try to help you along over the years. But some people, they hard headed. They don't ever get it. They fight until the end. They want to be and fight for themselves, their own complete selfishness until the end. And guess when the end happens? The end comes, man. It comes. And we deny it all the time. So what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to do is consider you know what I said, consider what a lack of prayer has done in your life, man. And if you are Protestant or you're a Catholic, if you're a Christian, whatever, you know, you have to sit down and start asking yourself these questions, man. Like what is wrong? Why, why isn't my life prosperous? And I don't mean prosperous like with money. Cause look, let's just be real. Some folks have a talent with making money. A lot of folks don't have a talent for making money. So if it was about money, then all we would have to do is everybody would get all this money and everybody would be greatly happy. But there ain't, it ain't. 
I've never had a, a billion dollars or a million dollars or whatever. I've never had that. But there are a lot of people that have. But are they the happiest people in the world? I don't know. Ask Paris Hilton. You know, I don't know. Ask, um, just ask anybody. Ask Michelle Obama. Is she really happy? Is she act like she is? Ask Oprah Winfrey, who has no husband. The best thing she got is a dog. It's some dogs. Is is a dog gonna is a dog a substitute for children or a human person or a husband? Is that see, this is where we're going, man. This, this is what I'm trying to say. We must realize that as a human person, we're unable to accomplish anything without grace. It's a gift that God gives us to encourage us to return to him, to seek him. And that's what happens. We are we are not given, you know, God, like I said, God is not going to force us because of free will, because you, you truly you only can truly love somebody if you come to them on your own. OK, and we can either choose to reject the grace or embrace it. And this is what's happening in the Catholic Church right now. Too many men, religious and ladies, have stopped praying and started thinking that all their works are a great substitute for prayer. That's another thing. You got all these people, right? They're a Christian, and they do all this work. They do a whole lot of work. They, they go see the poor. They do the corporal works of mercy. They visit folks in jail. They do, you know, they feed the poor. You know, they start ministries and they never get on their knees in front of the blessed sacrament and talk to talk to Christ or they don't have a prayer life. They don't do any spiritual reading. They don't read the scripture. They don't study the faith, but Hey, they're going to go to that mission on two on Saturday to feed the poor man. Your works doesn't mean anything without prayer. It really doesn't. It's a mortal sin to not pray every day. Okay, you have to understand that if you don't pray, that means you only think you think you are God. You think that you are the one. And it's not true. If you were God, then, hey, you, you would never die. You, you, you could control everything in your life. You don't control nothing, really, do you? You can get in the car right now and drive to work and get in a car crash and get paralyzed. Are you God? Hmm. So anyway. Like I said, too many men have stopped praying and start thinking that all their works are a great substitute for prayer. This is a complete farce and orders us towards selfishness. How many Christians do you know that they are always doing something in the church where I just talked, which I just talked about? But like, you know, they don't, you know, we don't pray. So when we don't pray, things can start to get worse. And like I said, we don't even really realize it. Um, these things happen when when we don't really understand what power that we as men really have. We are given graces in our families as the head. OK, women have their role. Men have their role. Nobody wants to hear that. But it's the truth. Men have their role. Women have their role. OK, and if men don't do their roles, then what happens? The women has to do everything, which we see that everywhere today women do everything they do everything in the church they do everything in the family most of the time or the men are gone and the women raise the kids without a husband and the kids are crap most of us in this society our kids are crap okay because there's no father around or what will happen is 
the father. There's no mother around, you know. And so what happens is the kids grow up. They don't have the mother and father in the same home going to church and the kids are miserable. Okay. I I just I almost can't really put it any better than I'm putting it, but I'm gonna keep trying. (laughs) When we don't pray, we, we do what? We become distant from God. The closer we are to God, the more he knows us. If we don't come close, if we don't pray, prayer is what brings us close to God which is what the rosary, which is our number one battle weapon as a man. Okay. The rosary, um, adoration, going to daily mass, prayer on our knees, night prayers, the, the, uh, uh, confession, all these things. And when you don't pray, um, God becomes like a foreign country. You never, like one of the, I've never been to China. So how do I know China if I've never been there? Okay. And the further we drift away, the more opportunity for Satan to enter our world. Remember Matthew 7, 21 through 20 to 23. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my father who is in heaven, he shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have not we prophesied in thy name and cast out devils in thy name and done many miracles in thy name? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, you can only know God through prayer, not your works. Works bring you to prayer. You know, when you the good you do should bring you toward God, which is what? Prayer, which does what? Bring you closer to God. Okay? If we don't pray, how can we know God? Then when our death comes, he will want, we all want mercy. And he will say, I don't know you. This is why when pastors don't preach on hell, everyone thinks they're going to heaven, no matter what they do. The justice of God is taken completely out of the picture. Man, this is what really gets in my crawl. Everybody, and I said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it until I die. Everybody talks about mercy, mercy, mercy. Mercy, God, this. Oh, God is so merciful. God is so merciful. God is merciful, but God is also a just God. So this means... Is it fair that your whole what is obe- what is love? I said love to for God is obedience. Okay, that is straight up, straight out. That's what love for God is. Either you're obedient and do what He's asking you to do, or you're not obedient. So when you're not obedient, that's called sin. Either can either uh, mortal sin or venial. That's what we have confession for. But Say you are a, um, say your whole life, you do what you want to do. God's asking you to come to me. Please, I'm trying to help you. You know, your life is this. You're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not holy. You're not trying to be holy. And then you're on your deathbed and you, you want God to, oh God, because see, when you're on your deathbed, most people get it then. When you've been sick for, for two years or you're in your last hour of death. When God, when the world, your body is worn down and you tired 
and your will is your will is weak because your body is weak and you're tired of fighting. See, in that last half hour, when you know it's over, most people get it then. But is it too late? Or is it not too late? This is why you you can't wait until then because you you don't know what's going to happen that last 30 minutes or not just that you might get in an airplane crash and your life ends just like that and you can't even think about the end okay this is why there's justice you can there's a scripture that says you can come in at the beginning and you can also come in at the end okay but you have to if you're going to come in at the end, you know, you have to surrender your will completely. And what is that? That's obedience. I want to be near God. God, I only want you. But if of your whole life, you have never considered God, you've done your own thing. How are you going to do a perfect act of love to God on your deathbed in 30 minutes? Because you don't know God. You don't know that. You don't know him. And he doesn't know you. And you think that you're just going to go straight to heaven? We're delusional. We're delusional, man. And we all know this life's going to end. We all know it. But we refuse to think about it and consider it. If you're a man in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and you're still talking about, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to still party or not. And, and party's not a bad. What I mean is party. What I mean is I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You still think like that. I'm trying to make all this money. I'm trying to do all this. I'm trying to be with all the women and I'm trying to do my will. Dude, the party runs out, homeboy. <laughs> the party runs out. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to go on because we could be talking about this for the next four hours. Because I've been there and I, I still have a long way to go as a man. I know that at least I do have that. God has given me that awareness. But do you have that awareness? Have you been given the wisdom? This is why when pastors don't preach on hell, everyone thinks they're going to heaven no matter what they do. The justice, the justice of God is taken completely out the picture. Many times we don't even realize that our faith is gone or leaving. The major way to keep Satan from our lives, minds and hearts is to fill it continuously with thoughts, tasks and prayers of Christ. God, the Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, the Holy Spirit, the saints and spiritual reading. In essence, prayer, prayer, prayer. Look, man, I'm going to help you out because I know you don't really a lot of people don't really understand what how this world really works and how evil works and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you this. Why do you think the, the, the Satan got and the angels got kicked out of hell, out of heaven? Why do you think that? Because of, they didn't want to they didn't want to submit. They didn't want to be lower than the they didn't want God to put the human above them. OK, so. They have become those angels. A third of the angels got kicked out of heaven. So what does that mean? That means in essence, they got when they, they had they came to, to into hell and they are demons. That's what your demons are. OK, so in essence, 
when you as a man invoke your supernatural power of as the head of the home and you invoke the supernatural of prayer and penance and sacrifice and suffering, your family rallies around you. Your family becomes more holy. They become what they get. They, they go on a journey with you. Okay. And when you fill your mind with God and when you fill your mind, thoughts and heart with that of God, man, the demons don't like that. Why? Because that's why they in hell, because they were rejected God. So they hate that. Anything to do with the blessed mother, anything to do with uh, prayer or thoughts of God, the rosary, adoration, pray, anything that's in your that you when you think about when you replace your your when you submit your will and replace the thoughts in your mind with those of God and the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, man, evil runs from that. Okay, now this I've heard this from an exorcist, man. I'm not just saying this. This comes from an exorcist, dude. You it, it, it is very hard for you to get possessed by a demon or evil to infiltrate your environment when when everybody in the house is 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 ordered towards God, is seeking God, is seeking holiness. Man, try it. It works, man. And no people don't like when I say that, but that's the truth. This stuff works. And and you you know people that always say oh Jerry you know this is not a uh, this is not a machine it's it's not man it, it it doesn't matter what it is man all I know is this is what brought me man and it works I'm gonna tell you all the stuff I just talked about for the last fifty minutes the bottom line the bottom line is it works it works and if you speak to any devout Catholic that has been through tough, tough times before Christ. They will explain their life before and after. And all of them talk like I do. They will tell you, man, grace, prayer is what brought them out, dude. And this stuff works. And I'm going to say it again. Your life does end, homie. It ends. Then what you're going to do? You can't wait till you get to hell and go, oh, please save me. What was that? What was that dude? Was it Lazarus? Oh, somebody. Oh, man, I hate when I can't remember a story. But basically, the dude was in hell and he looked up and said, please tell my brother or whoever. I forgot who it was to please don't come down here. Get it together. St. Faustina was shown, and those of you who don't know St. Faustina, you need to Google her and start reading her stuff about hell. It's the truth. She was shown hell. Sister Lucia, I think, was of, of the um of, of Fatima, one of the children of Fatima was shown hell. Dude, you have to know that this stuff is not real, and the men in the Catholic faith have been disingenuous because they are not teaching the laity and the, the body of Christ about hell. Because if there's no hell, there's no heaven. If there's no heaven, there's no hell. Okay? God created a world of evil because that was the... he. God created a world of suffering, sacrifice, and evil because as God, he could have created any kind of world he wanted to get us to journey toward him. But he didn't. He created a world of suffering, of sacrifice and of evil and of choice. Why? Because that is the best way 
for our souls to submit and lose our selfishness and submit to holiness and to the will of God because God is true goodness. Okay. Moving on. Demons hate thoughts of God and they flee. I talked about that. This is why in my childhood and most of my adult years, when people spoke of God or going to church, I fled because I was rejecting God and, you know, with my will. And this gave evil a chance to enter into my environment. So when your thoughts and hearts are focused on God, where do the demons flee to other souls that reject the will of Christ? That's a great point, dude. If your mind and heart, is focused on Christ and trying to do the will of God and trying to be a holy person and get your family and your girlfriend and your mother and father relationships right. The demons, they're going to, they attack you, but it's hard for them to attack you because you are, you're focused on God all the time. But what do they, so what do they do? They go to the easy people, the people that, that they ain't got yet to try to get them to mess up even more. They leave you alone and go mess with somebody else. And that's what you want. That's that. How, that as is as a man is how you get evil off your butt. How you get evil off your wife's butt, off your family's butt, and they are prosperous. Okay, I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect. It's gonna be trials. Your kids gonna do crappy stuff. They are gonna grow up and and lead a family. They are gonna come back. They are gonna leave again. You know, everybody's gonna do what they are gonna do. But man, for the most part, your home is peaceful. For the most part. And a lot of times we don't really realize what peace was like because it, what chaos was like, because chaos brings out so much in us. And then when things become peaceful, we, we, the, the, when you start focusing on the smaller things, you know, Hey, it's working. <laughs> when they leave and infiltrate someone else, the moral, when we sin morally, the infusion of the Holy Spirit leaves us immediately, which does what? Opens up the door for evil to infiltrate your soul and your surrounding environment. And this is what happened in the Catholic Church. The leaders have stopped praying. They don't even realize that their faith is weak and they no longer believe in Christ and his church. Sure, they go through the motions and perpetrate a good fight. So how do I know this? I know this because of the fruits of what's going on. Look at abortions. Look at divorce, a no-fault divorce and all the divorces. People marrying people, they married three or four times. I met that dude the other day. He married four times. Now, after you've been married two, three, four times, man, whose fault is it? After a while, because it'd be your fault. <laughs> um, um, so the fruit of what the, the leaders in the church have caused. We don't preach on hell. We don't preach on the, on abortion or uh, all the tough stuff. The, the last four things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Everybody goes along in the laity and in the body of Christ and thinks everything's okay. And we all know we're not okay, but hey, our priests and our pastors ain't telling us. So we think everything's okay. We like being in the, in the twilight zone. We love it. You know, nothing comes to light. We all just love it. We love we can we can we can we can claim pure ignorance. We can just have all the fun we want. The problem is the fun ends. You get sick. Your arthritis comes. You have a heart attack. You know, you get malnutrition because you you're in, you know, what is it? You are a a, a vegetarian and you don't really realize that that without meat you know, that hurts you. 
and you get sick. You know, we suffer and then we don't even know why we're suffering. Oh, man. Oh, man. It just I just it hurts when I think about all this and I wish people would listen. But I know they're not. I know people are not going to listen. They're not. They love misery. Everybody loves misery. Man, I, I, I go to church three, four times a week. I, I pray, you know, thoughts of God are almost always on my mind, you know, and I still have things tough. So the people that don't pray and don't invoke the supernatural, God, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, just think how tough their life is. And if it ain't tough right now, you better believe it's coming. And then how are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle it? See, when everything is good, we think, hey, everything's cool. I'm the man. I can do whatever I want. I can go out here. Everything's fine. Oh, but you get in a car accident and you get paralyzed from the waist down. Are you the man now? Now you're sitting there blaming everybody else for your car accident. You have to understand what this world is really about. And the devil makes things, he clouds things. Evil clouds things, makes you think everything's cool. Everything's fine. You know, that you are God. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that is the truth, but let's, let's simplify it. That you the man, that you got everything together. That hey, you young and things going to go out. Hey, I'm 70 years old. Hey, I got at least 20 years left. What am I going to do with that 20 years? I'm going to keep on doing what I've been doing for the for the first 70 years. Okay. All right. Okay. So the fruits of not preaching about hell is what we see now. When evil infiltrates the church, it infiltrates everything else. If the church is compromised and we got to remember that. The doctrine and dogma of the church have nothing to do with what's going on now. Men are evil because of what I've said before. I've been saying this whole past hour. Men are evil for a reason. But you cannot blame Christ for this because men have free will. Even the most holy man can be corrupted if he stops getting closer to God, if he stops praying, if he stops doing the things that got him close to God in the first place. Even the greatest man, the most holy man can be corrupted. And if you know that as a man, you never take it for granted. Okay? The people in the body of Christ are lost, and they're lost because of things I've said. And when the sheep are lost, whose job is it to bring them back? To get them back on track? Yeah, the shepherds. And I must ask the question no one is asking or is willing to ask. Where have the shepherds led the flock? I'll let you be the judge of that. The answer is clear if you really look at the results. The answer is clear if you look at the results. So what do you think? Send your questions or comments to radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. Send your questions or comments to radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. Please remember, again, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. 
Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. And so, as we always do in conclusion, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage or relationship. So, what's your next action step? One, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Two, rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Three, subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email now.